This is Brian Reisman. Welcome to Side Jams, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. If you like what you hear, please feel free to check out other episodes and subscribe to keep up with the newest ones. And make sure you're registered to vote. Elise Rydd is the female singer for the Swedish metal band Amaranth, which is an unorthodox entity in that they have two other male vocalists. Over the course of six albums since 2009, the group has explored a catchy amalgam of death metal with melodic pop and electronic sounds. Their popularity has swelled since their inception, and Elise has also been in demand as a vocalist outside of the band, having made guest appearances with many, many other artists, including Dragonland, Camelot, and guitarist Gus G. Amaranth's energizing new album Manifest has just arrived and should satiate fans craving new music and generate anticipation for when they can tour again. Over the course of her life, Elise has found numerous pursuits to indulge in outside of music. For this episode of Side Jams, we discussed her teenage fixation with thrill-seeking activities like mountain rappelling and motorbike riding, and how her recent interests are more on the mental side, particularly painting and her fascination with psychology and criminology. Ultimately, this transformed into a conversation about her perpetual desire to overcome her fears and take on new challenges. She told me she has spoken little English during quarantine over the last few months, but I could hardly tell during our chat, which covered her many different side jams. For this podcast, what I do is I talk to people about their hobbies, like their outside interests, like outside of music. Oh. It's like I talked to Dave wow. Ellison about his coffee. I talked to this, this rapper, Dessa, about her love of science. You do scuba diving is one of the things. Oh, yeah. Like, what other interests would you like to talk about? Is there other stuff that you don't get to talk about that much in interviews? Well, yes. <laughs> um, most interviews are, of course, about the upcoming album Manifest. But now I mentioned that it's going to be out on October 2nd. So this is all we need to know, basically. And that is great. <laughs> You're a scuba diver. Yeah, I have a lot of different sides of my interests. I used to be very interested in like extreme sports when I was young. Uh-huh. Um, what do you mean when you were young? You're still young. Oh, thanks, thanks. But I was <laughs> when I was more young and even more crazy, I would say, unaware of danger. So I was down on like 35, 40 meters underwater. Uh, I was actually doing the advanced scuba diver license. Really? And I actually, I was kind of serious about it. Yeah, I felt I could do anything. I, we did these night dives. They were kind of scary because uh-huh. you can't see anything. It's pitch black. But then I was thinking the next step would be the rescue diving. Okay. I could um, save other people underwater. But anyways, I was also very busy with uh, school, like most other kids. And I had some extra jobs. Okay. And also I live in Gothenburg and I don't know anyone here who does scuba diving. So I couldn't really you know, continue with that, unfortunately. Wow. I went once with my dad, and that was not so interesting. It's a lake called Vetten in Sweden. It's super cold. I saw one can, a shrimp, and a, like a plastic bag or something. You know, it wasn't like <laughs> an exotic environment. It's, and I always dreamed about going to some uh, coral reefs. People say it's really nice, like in Thailand or... Yeah, Maldives. But I've never been there, so so that's something I could basically maybe do. And yes, I believe I still love water, but I like it more with a costume on, so I can feel protected. A wetsuit, yeah. A wetsuit, yeah. I'm kind of scared of uh, the ocean in general. It's deep, and you don't know what's underneath. I mean, I'm, if I would just go like free di- free diving or whatever you call it, yeah, yeah, yeah. swimming. Yeah, I get uh, more. I get more scared of everything basically since I got older. But uh, huh. 
Yeah, I know. It's weird. How old were you when you started scuba diving? 15. And then how much training do you have to do before you go in the water? Well, it was like every day for like two weeks, 14 days. Okay. Yeah, and then you actually have to um, refresh your knowledge. Uh, at, at least like once a year, you have like a book you need to sign in to okay. each dive you do. And I haven't done many dives lately, so probably my license is not valid anymore. But Uh-oh. it would be, yeah, but I, I could pick it up again, I guess. But I, I mean, I don't have a driver's license. Really? But I have a diving license. Yeah, so this is uh, probably something I should prioritize to drive. But I'm also scared of driving cars. I'm scared of cars in general. Really? And yet yeah. you're scared of the ocean, but you, have you gone diving in the ocean? Yeah, I have. So, um, not outside that of uh, Gotland. No, I mean, like when you're in the water and you can actually see everything, that's fine. That's uh, not scary at all. Yeah, but it's just like when you're on the surface and you like can't see anything what's beneath. That's scary, I think. So the first, I'm assuming the first dives you did were probably not in the were they in the ocean or were they like like you said like in a lake? We started out in a pool actually, right, right. and then we went straight to the ocean. Wow! Actually, during daytime, and then we did it in the night. Oh, but I, I really loved it. I like exciting things. Yeah. <laughs> things that I also did like high jumps. I, I didn't do like a bungee jump yet. But I wanted to do that. I was uh, on my way to do it, but I was climbing in uh, mountains. Yeah. Like also like 50 meters above the ground. Okay. I, I still like now I can't believe how, why, how I couldn't be scared at all. My hair got stuck though. That was the most scary part in those like little ropes. So you're talking about high jumps mean like sort of, I'm curious what you mean. Uh, yeah, it's like you, you push yourself down on a string like from the top of a mountain and like straight down. So if, if the snare would break, yeah, you, you would die. I think the actual term is repelling, you're going down as opposed to going up. Exactly, yeah. And so that's one of my interests. It's like stunts, super scary, extreme things uh, that you wouldn't necessarily imagine girls doing. So I'd be like super high heights or yeah. super deep, deep deeps. But actually, I think it was kind of uh, developing because you get a totally different perspective of everything. There's a whole other world under the surface that most people probably don't think about. And then, of course, there is a whole world about, but we fly a lot nowadays with the band. So I get to experience enough high heights. <laughs> Scuba diving at 15. So when did the rappelling come into play? Was it soon after that? Yeah, it was soon after that. I was kind of crazy. My mom was actually very worried, but I was feeling invincible. Yeah. So you were just like that crazy teenager. And then, and then of course, you, know, you became a singer for a metal band, so it all worked out. <laughs> yes. Everything's normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing strange, nothing strange. This is just normal. No, but then actually I went to a uh, uh, school for professional artists where I became a professional dancer. So yeah, dancing has been one of my biggest interests in life. I noticed in one of the, this one of the videos I'm watching, you're on stage, I'm thinking, I forget which video, in a white dress. And I can see the dance movements coming into play. Like, mm-hmm. I can see you definitely have that pedigree. So as far as scuba diving, I'll go in order then. So like scuba diving, how many years, how many years have you done that now? 20, but it was a long time ago I had the chance to dive. Okay. So I, maybe I can't count that. It's the same way as I, I always say I'm extremely good at math because I had the highest grade in math, yeah. even without reading the course. But maybe it doesn't count anymore because that was in my gymnasium. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, like, how long you can ride on your talents. Well, it's funny. My, my, dad, my dad has a, a PhD in geology, actually, from MIT, of all places. 
you know, and he retired maybe 15 years ago, and it's like, there's certain things he remembers, but there's just a lot of stuff now that's going to be outdated, because he doesn't need to keep uh, up yeah. with it anymore. I mean, it's not his job. I mean, he probably reads about it, but it's not the same thing. You know, you can have mm -hmm. knowledge at a certain time and be an expert, but you have to consistently keep up with something. The sort of... To, Absolutely. It's tricky. I yeah. mean, uh, same thing with, me, uh -huh. with music, man. I mean, trying to, trying to keep up with bands now is impossible. There's just too much. There's yeah. so many freaking bands. I don't know. I don't. It's like yeah. television shows. There's no. You can't be an expert mm -hmm. in anything anymore as a writer. It's impossible. Like also, it's very interesting because if you know you can become something, sometimes that is actually enough for you. Like for example, I wanted to be like a ballerina, and I was qualified, and I had all the educations and the possibility to become one. But that was basic. That was kind of enough for me. It's the same thing. Like uh, my bandmates say. Like, I knew I could become an actor, but yeah. you know what I mean? I love that state of mind, though. It's kind of fun. All people should think, think like that sometimes. So as far as scuba diving, like, what's the craziest experience you had underwater? Oh, well, that was when I lost my diving feet. The flippers? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, I was like, cool. And I also, I wanted to, like, uh, test the boundaries. Uh -huh. So I was actually not allowed to go any deeper, but I wanted to go deeper, even though it was kind of uh, dangerous. Yeah, and then I lost one of my shoes, and I could see it, like, disappear into the... And I, of course, couldn't uh, swim as good anymore, but there was, like, an instructor diving after it, like, picking it up. And and also, at one point, I pushed the wrong buttons because the gloves were kind of big, the ones you use when you, like, fill the vest with air, and you empty the vest with yeah. air, which I was about to go down, but I was... And then I could see the small particles going you know, down, and I was like, but this doesn't make sense, because if I'm going down, they should go up. Oh, the air bubbles. Air bubbles, yeah, exactly. But then I was going way too fast up to the surface, and I, my um, veins exploded. Your blood, blood vessels the, popped, yeah. Yeah, they popped, so it was blood all over the water, and I never had that kind of headache. And it was, it can wow. be dangerous, you can get this uh, diving disease if, if, if it's, uh, but uh, luckily I, I didn't get that. I just got the terrible headache and a lot of blood coming out. How old you, how old it was you, kind of scary. How old you? That was like 16. Wow. Yeah, when you're uh, young, you can kind of bounce back from stuff like that a little easier. Uh, I, I love to test stuff. You're fearless. <laughs> I'm fearless. I am. <laughs> For good and bad. I'm still alive, so, you know, it's a good thing so far. Well, but anyways, like, other interests then, besides dancing, theater I love, yeah, and these, like, kind of extreme sports... I mean, I tried, of course, kickboxing, karate, and this kind of stuff. Yeah. But I, I like more the gracios, because I'm a woman, after all. So I thought, like, no, I really like to use my gift as a woman being more gracious. So I went for the dancing instead. Ballet. Which was kind of hard, hard work. Yeah, ballet and jazz, ballet and tap dancing. But uh, anyways, I um, have a very big interest in uh, criminology. Man, you know, you, you, it's almost like singing will become your side career eventually. You, you'll have like eight different <laughs> jobs. And, well, you know, what's interesting to me is how do you translate, say, your scuba diving skills to rappelling? So, like, even like the rock climbing stuff is like, are there similarities between those two activities? You know, going down underwater and then, you know, rappelling down the side of a, a cliff. Yeah. Actually, it makes you feel more safe in the water because you don't have the power of your weight. Gravity, sorry. I would say it's more dangerous throwing yourself out of a cliff than diving. But diving can also be dangerous. Like, everything can be dangerous. It can be dangerous walking on the streets, for God's sakes. Touche. That's a good point. <laughs>
Well, I mean, are, you, yeah. are you an adrenaline junkie? Would you say that's what it is? That's what I am. You are correct. That's why you like being on stage in front of large crowds. You seem to enjoy it. Yeah, and it's also very scary, I have to say. What, being on stage? Yeah, it's terrifying. That's the good thing, you know, when you constantly go for the fears and you realize that you can survive them. That's kind of a nice feeling. And that's probably what, I'm, what makes me an adrenaline junkie. What other activities gives you that rush? Is it scuba diving or propelling? Oh, yeah, I was driving a motorcycle on jumps. like. A, oh, like a motorbike? Um, yeah, motorbikes. I did that completely. Uh, I had just like a little protection on my knees and my, and I was just thinking, I can do this. My little brother is doing it. He's jumping actually kind of on high bumps. You know, when you compete, you're going around in a circle. So you have done driving. Oh yeah, but I, yeah, I drive a motorcycle. <laughs> but I'm not like, I mean like these push Dakota mm-hmm. kind of motorbikes, not the real motorcycles on the road. But yeah, I, I've been doing that. I did that since I was a kid. What's your favorite place to ride? In the, in the forest. Actually, I wanted to become a, a professional BMX cyclist. Really? Yeah, I practiced uh, like every day when I was a kid. Until I slipped open my leg and I still have a very b- big scar from that. Yeah. Wow. Then it wasn't so fun anymore. <laughs> did you stop at that point or did you keep going? No, actually I did stop. It was too painful. So I, I did stop, but also because we moved, so we didn't have that. I didn't have that opportunity anymore to go around. I ro- ruined my bike as well, so and I couldn't afford to buy a new one. So it was more like outer cir- circumstances that circumstances that stopped me from doing that. Oh, and of course I did uh, skiing as well. Also, everything always ends up in a disaster. Like I fall, I almost break. I never broke a leg, but never. it feels like I mean, you fall, you end up with your head down in some hole of snow, and you can't get up. And when did that happen for you or to you? Um, that was when I was around my eighteen, nineteen, something like that. I love to go to the ski resorts, and of course, I always wanted to take the the most dangerous way down. Of course. <laughs> so do you still ski? I haven't done it in a long time because yeah since 10 years i have only been touring and writing music so every all these things is in the past at the moment but there is stuff i could pick up of course i really really want to go to a skiing vacation or something one day again see see where i'm at you have to test yourself you know shake the status (laughs) (laughs) these so these days when you're not touring and recording and doing whatever rehearsing so what is there anything else that you like to do something that relaxes you yeah i mean i, I drink coffee and a uh, red wine i i'm very interested in these nature wines like it's clean wines and listen to uh, like uh, podcasts about uh, trials like i said the criminology i listen to oh, true crime stuff and oh, my girlfriend loves that stuff Oh, really? Oh, it's yeah, so on the TV. Though, like... On a Sunday morning, I'll get up, and she's watching it on TV. She's fascinated with all those murder cases. and <laughs> Exactly. This is what it is. And I, it's so interesting to hear, you know, the whole process from the beginning, like, during a trial. And it's actually kind of fun also, like, how much you learn from that, because you can really learn when you... You learn how a person acts when they lie, example. Yeah. It's, like, the same in all of them. It's, it's not even fun anymore. How And that's why I understand, like, how professionals can easily target. I haven't heard any any case where somebody was wrongly accused. Well, I only listen to these cases actually at the moment from Sweden. Believe it or not that there are criminality here as well. Shocking. <laughs> and uh, and so they're all they're all in Swedish and and uh, 
extremely interesting. My cousin, who is, by the way, 18, she is, um, wants to become a criminal, criminologist. This is the only thing we speak about when we meet. We're like, have you heard about this, uh, the crime there and this? And like, yeah, I know. And I heard the trials. And what do you think about this and that? Like, we always discuss these kind of things. And yeah, it would be kind of fun. We could have some kind of podcast maybe in the future where she is the expert and I am just the outsider making my opinion on things. Would you take any classes in that on the side if you had time? I mean, could you do it now, for example, if you're in quarantine, would you do an online course? Oh, I would, but I, I haven't had any time. I haven't considered myself being in quarantine yet. I'm uh, still focused on the my duty. <laughs> Your duty is as a singer. As a singer, yeah, with the new album, with the videos, everyday small things happening. And also I would love to write a solo album. So that's my next goal. But I have been thinking if I wouldn't be able to be a musician anymore, I have a lot of interests I could definitely pick up on. And I think that kind of job would probably give me the same kind of kick, mm -hmm. so to speak. It's interesting. And of course, I want to make the society a, a safer place for people. So that was some, that's something I feel like that's kind of an important job. It's the same way as I see music is an important job to make life better for people. That's at least how I grew up. I listened to music and that's the thing that kept me going and alive and positive. Did any of the extreme sports stuff, has that helped you in terms of feeling fearless on stage? Yes, of course. <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> Is there, are there any moments that you remember from like, if you're trying to psych yourself up to go on stage or anything like you remember of like, oh, I had this experience underwater when I was riding my motorbike. Does any of that come into play like before you go on? Yeah, but I think that you just basically get a different perspective of Earth, humanity, like just a universal different point of view. Like there is so much life and also you get, it's a very positive, um, it's very nice to see the world from a different view. And also like what happens on the surface, you know, you can always escape into the water if you don't like what's happening here. If we don't ruin the oceans, of course. So that's why it's very important to keep them clean. There is always a way to, I, the, it's more like of an escape place. Hmm. So whatever scares me, I know that there is so much more than what I see in front of my eyes. That's pretty cool. It's a good way to look at it. You know, it sounds like you mm -hmm. just like, it sounds like you just like to explore. And I mean, obviously the ironic thing about touring is you get to see the world and yet you kind of don't because a lot of times you're backstage, you're on a tour bus. Do you do a lot of sightseeing when you're on tour? Unfortunately, I'm a late sleeper. So usually I don't have a lot of time during the day, but that was also one of my biggest dreams when I was a kid was to explore the world, like travel around, you know, experience yeah. different cultures, see different environments, different kind of people and animals and I can say that I, I achieved, I reached one of my biggest dreams. But yes, I should go uh, travel more and have more free time so I could uh, see more because, yeah, it's irritating when you're in some country and you really want to see the city, but then you realize, like, if I go out there, I'm going to be tired for the show tonight. So it's a lot of responsibility that comes. If I was a morning person, I could have done it, but I don't. I am not. No, I, I sleep until, like, three, four, then I go straight to Soundshake, and then... Wow. Yeah. I'm crazy. What time do you go to bed? Usually like four or five in the morning. Yeah, that's what I do. So you sleep like 12 hours. You're just really? like, oh yeah, no. Yeah. I love that. But 12 is best, but sometimes eight, 10 or 12 hours. I only got up an hour before we did this call. Perfect. Hence my that's unshaven look and, like, and the sort of dark circles. <laughs> and like. That's also one perspective, by the way, going into the ocean. You can see all this light. Or if you're in the forest. Yeah. There is so many animals that are 
alert on top of their game, you know, during the nighttime. Mm. And then I feel a connection. I'm like, yeah, it, this is more like me. And we cannot be, society wouldn't be as safe or work as good if everybody was going to bed and waking up at the same time. Oh, yeah. It's not like if you go diving that you don't see any, anything or if you go in the forest that you can't, all the animals are asleep. There's, everybody knows this is not, um, and we are animals after all. Yeah. So I feel a big, a strong connection and I'm a night animal and we are, we should be proud. Oh yeah. We're doing great. I, I, look, look man, my, <laughs> some of my best writing is done at midnight. I mean, my mind is really alert. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, five out of the songs on this album I wrote in the middle of the night waking wow. up at like 2.30 something. So if I was, wouldn't allow myself to be awake, these songs wouldn't exist. And it's always been like that. It's always been, yeah. Well, and it, people say, like, had somebody once told me years ago, we have insomnia. I'm like, I don't have insomnia. If I go to bed at 3 and get up at 11, which usually doesn't happen, I don't tend to sleep through the night, especially during the pandemic. I mean, the sense of time now is all mm -hmm. skew. I have no idea what, what where, where, when I am anymore. But people say, oh, I, or you're lazy. It's like, no. Like, if, I, if, you, if you get the same amount of sleep, you just have a different schedule. But by the same token, my joke is, if everyone was meant to get up early, you wouldn't see so many people drinking coffee. Now, some people, you mm -hmm. know, probably are like that. They get up, boom, they're ready to go. And mm -hmm. then they're in bed at nine. So, <laughs> uh, This is also one of my biggest interests. It's uh, like psychology. And also I listen to the best book. I don't like to read because I'm too active. Yeah. Uh, but I listen to sound books so I can walk around doing other stuff. Mm -hmm. Or when I'm on a flight or so. But yeah, about sleep. There was this guy who got the Nobel Prize for sleep testing. Yeah. You know, that's the, th that's the funny thing is that we are different and, and, and it, it's supposed to be that way. And also, it's not like you are creative in the night. It's more like night people are more creative people because we need that. Because we need to think different than, than people that sees everything in daylight. Because our job is to keep people safe during the night. So we need to stay more creative in being able to, to protect people from threats so it goes hand in hand and it's not a joke it's like that it's funny because i know scandinavia especially northern scandinavia <laughs> is dark most uh -huh. of the winter absolutely but during the winter here i get an idea of what it's like because if i'm getting up at like 11 a.m or noon and then the sun goes mm -hmm. down at five or six i'm only getting a few hours of daylight so i get during the winter i do get it and some people have there's some people that get what's it, it's called seasonal affective disorder sad so mm -hmm. a lot of people can't deal with the winter because there's not a lot of uh, sunlight. I've never been like that. And I I feel like you and I probably have an advantage in quarantine and that we're used to, you know, artists can kind of burrow. We can kind of hide in our little man or woman cave and just be like, we can get away. Yeah. At, at a certain, but isn't it, it's getting weird though, isn't it? It's been a few months now and I'm starting to be like, I don't know, man, this is strange. It's funny because I, exactly, I, I mean, inside and I also keep always my window shape. And I noticed that behind people you. People don't understand. Yeah, people don't understand. Like, but especially if there is like sunlight. I'm like, no, I'm going to stay inside. I'm going to put my shades so I can feel in, stay in my yeah. little box, woman cave, if you may call it. You have a view. I can see trees out there. So, like, it looks like you've got... I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is trees. I mean, I like to look at them sometimes. But <laughs> and also today, if there is bad weather, it's also a, a good uh, option to just... I don't, need to see, I don't need to see the bad weather. I like to stay inside and... and, and it fits also very well with the life on tour because you're kind of isolated. You're in the tour bus and then you um, come to the venue and you're yeah. inside. And so it suits me very well. I'm, I'm kind of happy with that. But I grew up on the countryside, believe it or not. Um, Do you live in the city now? Outside. 
Yeah, now I live in the city. Okay. Yeah. But I also think that we can we use so much of our fantasy and imagination so that I know how to not get affected by the outer world. Yeah, no, well, that's, I think, the advantage that we have, right? You know, we can kind of... It is. Yeah, I think it's an advantage. And it's easy for us to say to people, like, try to do something else, like get a hobby. I love painting. I forgot to say that. Oil paint. Is Another favorite. one. I mean, this is what, the 10th? This is, this is, this is great. So, so have you done painting? <laughs> um, yeah, I've done a lot of painting. Really? I wish I could show you something, but uh, I, I, there are in the attic. They're in the attic. So what what, what, what kind of style, is there a style that you think you painted or any big influence? Oh, yeah, I, I use, uh, I paint mostly like uh, emotions, like, for example, face, facial expressions, different colors. But I also like to paint the um, city or, or landscape. Okay. What are the main things that inspire <laughs> you? Are there any sort of events in your life or certain certain perspective that you have that inspires your painting work? Yeah, I mean, I love uh, Van Gogh. Yeah. It's a big inspiration. And this Danish guy who, oh, he's so amazing. Fun. The, the painting is called Skagen. How do you spell that? S-K-A-G-E-N. It's a place in Denmark. So the painter I'm talking about, his name is Michael Anker. Michael Anker. Oh, I love these paintings. So it's, it's kind of impression, it's impressionistic painting. Uh -huh. Do you, you say impressionism is kind of one of the influences on your... I would say so, yes. In that case, yes. Also, I love these women. They look so powerful. <laughs> no, but they're... Also, I like these naked uh, women paintings. You know, back in the days when they were actually not pornographic to paint a naked woman, it was beautiful. They were usually a little bit uh, more curvy. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You know, it's interesting uh -huh. because, like, in America, there's, there's certain people that are obsessed with their weight, and I'm like, no, women look, women have curves. That's the way they're supposed to be. Like. And this is also, like, so historically, it's the same way, like, men used makeup and wigs back in the days, and women were supposed to be pale and a little bit curvy. Otherwise, they were, like, poor. It was, like, a status thing. Yeah. And these things changed. At some point when I grew up, everybody had to be very tanned. It was a problem for me because I'm very pale. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like you should not ever listen to these trends or you should just be who you are. Well, absolutely. And so what do you paint with? Like what material? What Like is it oil painting? Uh, oil is my favorite. Okay. Acryl or oil? Acryl? Yeah, yeah. How long does it usually take you to do a painting? Uh, if I'm in a the right state of mind it takes maybe four or five hours wow <laughs> but sometimes i can work on a painting for weeks I'm, i get very uh, ob obsessed by things <laughs> <laughs> so as, I, I would ask you how long it takes you to solve a crime but you haven't become a criminologist yet so i'll, I'll leave that for the next no. interview. <laughs> oh, great and that's what i have faith in that i I have a strong feeling I could solve it kind of fast, but I know there are a lot of scary details that I would need to be able to survive. And I'm not sure if I could handle watching these kind of pictures and, and stuff. This is what I don't need to when I listen to the podcast. <laughs> well, well, well then, so, then you talk about being like, you talk about being scared of the ocean, but you still go in the ocean. Like, you know, it seems like you like to yeah. conquer your fear of a lot of different things. Correct. I love that. Yeah. That's probably one of the things that so I know I could do it because nothing is impossible. I mean, when it comes to your own mind, you can develop all kinds of strengths. If you could give any advice to someone who say they want to do some extreme sports, they're, they're into the kind of the thrill-seeking that you're doing, do you have any advice as far as 
It's hard to say because you're so, you do so many different activities. Well, I mean, I have a very clear, like I said, I'm so interested in psychology. And uh, I've been to a lot of lectures in uh, how the mind works. I mean, I've been actually doing even tests. Like, we were a bunch of uh, 2,000 people in the same room. Uh-huh. What, like, the, the lecture leader or the, the person who was having this lecture, he was dividing us into two groups. 1,000 people got to see pictures of uh, positive things like beautiful flowers, happy kids and stuff like this. And the other half uh, got to pictures of uh, negative stuff like murders, like people torturing a dog and like stuff like this. Like wow. we see in the media every day. Yeah. And, then they, they, and then we were going to remember what we saw and what he talked about before he showed us these pictures. And the ones that saw the positive photos they remembered everything clear very clear and the other half which i was in that group i didn't remember anything because all i had in my mind was this negativity Mm. and this is actually how it is it's like if you do these tests on people you can find it online probably or somewhere but it, it, it actually affects your brain in an extreme amount and that's why i for example signed off from all the newsletters which i received like from the daily news i i took it away i'm not on facebook anymore because I feel like this stops my brain like from functioning and being creative and, and uh, think fast. Because uh, it's, if I wake up and you see this news feed and it, something terrible has happened, which usually, unfortunately, is. Or, or, or I follow the pages where I wanted to support like uh, animal activism mm-hmm. and stuff. But I saw these photos every day with the slaughtered animals and like terrible stuff. And, and that made me depressed. Sure. You don't need to focus on it. It's, it's uh, so much other amazing things you can focus on. So if you want to stay, it's the same thing when you think about yourself. For example, I see myself, for example, doing extreme sports, or I, I can see myself doing that even before you do it. Interesting. So is That's it... the only advice. It's like whatever you can imagine, you can do. And that's it. I was, I was going to ask you if, like, if you had a philosophy and that's it. That's it right there. That's it. Yeah. If you have, if you can dream it, you can do it. I mean, this is, you heard it before probably, but it's true. I believe in it hundred percent. If you focus on that goal, you will reach that goal. Yeah. It's funny. Sometimes life has cliches, but they, they work. In case you don't have a very bad injury or something, of course, like something that um, keeps you from doing it uh, physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a, a little tiny scoliosis in my back. So this kind of thing stopped me from being able to do 30 pirouettes because I couldn't keep mm-hmm. my spine straight. And it wasn't some, anything I could do about it, but this, this is just a fact. So maybe after all, being a ballerina yeah. wasn't for me because of this small little thing I had. And it's also like things like that you, you, you can overcome. And uh, I'm kind of happy doing music. Or if I would do something else, I would also probably be... As long as I would do something that matters, that's... That's uh, all what I'm personally up for. But yes, I, uh, yeah, if you can think, you can see yourself, you should see yourself doing stuff before you do it even. And then if you can't see yourself doing it, it's probably not going to work. Or if you block your dreams and creative mind like with negative thoughts, yeah. it's like, oh, I would like to do that, but no, I can't do it. There is no, no need to think like that. That doesn't seem to be an issue in your life. Yeah, and you're also only blocking yourself. So it's like you are the master of whatever you're going to create. There's not nobody else who can 
it, I mean, people have achieved things that other people thought that it was impossible. Stay true to yourself and don't let anything stop you. Exactly. That's awesome. It's as easy as that. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps up this latest episode of Side Jams. Please join me for the next installment, which will feature foreigner bassist Jeff Pilson. The tunes used in this episode are from Fox and the Law, and I licensed them through AudioSocket. As always, thank you very much for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.